For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of everyone's favorite college baseball podcast. This is Believe in College Baseball with your hosts, Alan Siles and Orlando Razo. As always, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and Luminary. You may have already known that, but if you didn't, now you know. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast and rate us. Let us know if you like us. Give us five stars. If you don't, please let us know why. So, you know, we've been talking a big game, and we're coming through as of late We with the guests and all that good stuff. I'm sure you guys are still listening to our last episode with Coach Tony Luca from Kenyatta College. Again, shout out to you, Coach, for coming through. Today, we're taking it back to someone that is on the field um, and a member of the Mets organization, Patrick Caza. Patrick, thank you for joining the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Orlando, are you excited about the show today? I'm very excited. I'm extre- I'm always excited, though. It's pretty tough to break my spirits. Um, you know, there's just a lot, of, lot to look forward to. Once again, you know, we thank Pat for coming on, uh, taking the time today. So, yeah, you know, to answer your question, I- I'm very excited. I'm very excited. So I, I, I want to start here because I just caught something. Patrick, I got something from um, Charlie. So for those of you who don't know, Patrick is a family friend of my girlfriend's uncle. So basically that's how we got connected. And he told me on the, he told me on the text, Patrick, that it's, I don't know if it's you or your parents, but they like for you to be called Patrick, not Pat. Is that correct? Yeah, they do. It doesn't bother me in any way, but yeah, it's more so them than me. Definitely. Okay, see, the, that's the way it came through in the text from Charlie. I was like, okay, this seems like a, a parent thing to say, but I want to yeah, check with it, you first. Yeah, all my friends call me Pat, so. Okay, okay. okay. So it's not like a, like a Mitch Trubisky situation where you just like completely, hey, I want to go by Mitchell now. It's like, I want to go by No. <laughs> Either way works. Either way works. Well, okay, thank you, Patrick. For I'm just going to stick with it just in case your parents listen. I'm going to play it safe. Um, but I definitely – want to get into we want to get into your story is a really cool one you know um me and Orlando we were talking in the pre-show about how we've kind of had a good amount of I don't know if underdogs are the right term just grinders right and I think you definitely fit that bill so I'm really excited to get into that but um you know the template we've been using lately is you know we obviously have to talk about the pandemic you know you just finished uh your first year in pro ball and then for this to happen why don't you walk us through what your experience was, how you found out, and kind of what you're doing as of right now to stay sharp for whenever it is time to return back to the field. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was given, obviously, the, like, report date to when we were supposed to come down, and that was, like, late February. We were told when we were supposed to come and stuff like that. And then 
uh, obviously just following along with like the news and stuff, you just started to see how, how this thing was spreading and, you know, it, it just kind of, everything shut down like so quickly. So obviously the report date didn't mean anything at that point, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm actually fortunate enough to have like a workout like set in my basement, mm-hmm. uh, treadmill, stuff like that, leg press, chest press, stuff like that, dumbbells. So I've been able to do stuff like that. And I know a lot of guys that are kind of struggling to find things to do just because of not being able to go to a gym or not having certain equipment, but just doing those things every day and just trying to stay busy with whether it's just trying to focus on certain things that I can do in my house that revolves around baseball and just trying to stay as strong as possible. Yeah. Are you able to still get some swings? Are you able to keep your arm in shape? I mean, how's, how's that going uh, with as far as, you know, the actual baseball side of thing, taking GB, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so my, actually my American Legion team has an indoor facility and before, before the whole serious like of shutdown of the country, uh, I was able to use that. So I was, that was probably what a month ago and I've, actually have a little like pop-up net that I can hit off a tee into at home. So that's kind of where I'm at now, but like, like keeping the arm in shape is kind of tough just being able, not being able to throw with anyone. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, no, I would say, I think a tough thing too is when you're like, you know, just from basically from the time you start playing baseball uh, from T-ball and whenever you end up taking your cleats off, you're practicing or training based on a date, right? You never really are training with like, no, you don't know when it's actually going to start. And that's the situation you find yourself in. So you're like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm here practicing, staying sharp, but I have no clue when we're actually going to be on the field. So that's got to be crazy. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so, it's just, I mean, like take day by day, but it's just, yeah, you're right. Like I have no idea when we're actually going to be able to start up, even if we start up this year. I mean, I yeah. know I've been just trying to figure out some things through the internet and it's like a lot of people are saying that they might cancel the season, might start in late July, stuff like that. So I don't know when all this is going to get figured out. Jeez. That's yeah. Uh, th- this whole thing. I mean, I think we can all agree. Like a- everything is just so foreign and, and you're doing yeah. the smart thing. You're taking it day by day. Uh, that's all you can really do. Um, yeah. And, and you having that, uh, I mean, classic, classic us, our guest, you know, being a grinder, having a workout facility in your basement. So, yeah, I was going to say shout out to the East Coast because, um, yeah, you guys have the worst winners, but we don't have basements. So, uh, you know, yeah. I guess we, we technically we can go outside more. But I, right now, I right now I take a basement over that for sure. No, I got to admit. Yeah. When you said basement, I was like, whoa, you know, I haven't heard of one of those in in years <laughs> right. that was, uh, that was that's good. just a, and that's just a testament to like your 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 parents because you know there's a couple different ways you can go with the basement it could be a man cave right yeah. it could be you know just a storage facility but you know they're 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 definitely hooking you up and saying place look the body you know this is yeah place to put the body there's a lot you can do with a basement <laughs> yeah. so um shout out to your parents on that one um, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's wild. So let's, let's talk about how 
how you got to the Mets. You know, um, like I said, Charlie kind of gave me a background, but we want we want the listeners to to understand your grinders mentality as well. So you went to Mount St. Mary's, um, mm -hmm. and I heard you basically broke every essentially every record that there <laughs> is to break. Um, and the question becomes, is there a reason in particular how you ended up at Mount St. Mary's? Were you a late bloomer? Was there, you know, was there any, because you, you see, do you just continue to get better? Because you see what you did, you know, especially your senior year, it's like, what, what, what's going on here? Like, these numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, to start, like, I, I got to the Mount, I wasn't highly recruited. I mean, I only had two Division One offers, including uh, Mount St. Mary's. So, I mean, it was kind of, everyone, everyone told me to come play and, be of like a preferred walk on stuff like that and right you know at the I mean I don't know if I would have ended up playing at any one of those schools so I didn't didn't really want to take that risk in that regard mm -hmm. and my I mean like like we talked about earlier my dad went there and he's been on the alumni council and hall of fame committee for probably over 20 years now so right I probably I took like my first steps at Mount St. Mary's so it kind of felt like a kind of felt like home when I picked it yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole preferred walk on thing, I think should be illegal. You know, I was yeah. preferred walk on once that was three colleges ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did not start at Temple. So the preferred walk on thing, I, I would never like advise that to And preferred walk on is like, you know what, if I don't make the team, I don't mind. That's what yeah. I like kind of reads to me. Well, yeah, it's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, only getting the the two two Division One offers. You know, we we were probably uh, all three of us have probably you know been in that same spot where you know we're we're lightly recruited, we're under recruited. But it's interesting how that kind of works out. You know, I, I feel like you know, and I, please elaborate on this. But I feel like you know the the fact that you were looked over and then you kind of you landed at like you said home at Mount St. Mary's. It does. It is a testament to show, you know, everything does happen for a reason. And, and you know, you probably don't regret anything about about how the recruiting process played out because it probably shaped you into a better baseball player, uh, stronger work ethic. Um, so can you elaborate on that, how everything just kind of worked out for the reason for the right reason? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, I mean, everything works out the way it's supposed to be. And it was kind of. You know, obviously you're hurt a little bit when you when you do all these things in high school and you think you're going to go somewhere and people are telling you you're going to go somewhere and then it doesn't happen. But, I mean, I think it's all about finding that, like, perfect fit. And it was just kind of like I went to a small high school, went to a small grade school, elementary school. And, I mean, Mount St. Mary's is 1,800 kids total. So, I mean, it was just – I don't think I would have lasted real long at an enormous school. So – to have 1,800 kids having the ability to know going into it what I'm getting into, and it was just, it just felt like the right fit, and it worked out the way it should have been. Yeah, yeah, and then to obviously, you know, talk about you joining, you know, being asked to join the Mets organization. There's that the term that they say all the time in baseball. I don't always think it's true, but in this case, it is you know, uh, if you're good, they'll find you. You know what I mean? If you can play, they'll find you. So in this situation, it, it was definitely true. Um, but again, not, not to steal your thunder, but I learned from Charlie that you actually had a pretty, 
I guess it's cool now, maybe not in the moment. And it's kind of fitting what you've had to deal with, you know, ending up at Mount St. Mary's, even though you deep down probably wanted to go there, but you do all this. I mean, I'm looking at these, you know, you were Northeast Conference Player of the Year. So obviously you were your team's MVP as well. And you were the school's male athlete of the year for that year as well. So to do all these things, I mean, there's so many guys that don't get drafted and, you know, they, they're looking back, you know, even myself to some degree. And you're like, man, if I had just done this better or that better or had better numbers here, you never know. To do what you did and still not get drafted, please take us through like what you were thinking when that last name, Mr. Irrelevant, got called and it wasn't you. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, I was following along like throughout the couple days and, you know, you fill out those questionnaires like throughout throughout the whole year. And I really never heard much from anyone uh, talking to my head coach. He was like, oh, it like, should happen. This should happen. Things should fall into place here and here. But, you know, being a senior, it was kind of like, oh, like I just took it as the whole process. I took it as uh, this is how it's supposed to be because I'm a senior and don't really have leverage to say like, oh, I'll go back to school if I don't get this pick or whatever. But right. Yeah, and when I didn't find out, I was pretty hurt by it. I mean, just you're just kind of down just because you thought thought you had good enough numbers and had a good enough career to say, well, I think this should have been in in the cards for for the next coming year. But you know, I just kind of talked to my head coach after the whole draft, and I stayed at school for about about three weeks after, and we just continued to work like almost every day. And you know, I got a call one day from the Mets, and they were like asking if I wanted to sign it just kind of all worked out it was just out of nowhere they just gave me a phone call Dang. so it was kind of it was kind of crazy and you had not talked to them at all no never never wow. talked to them that's crazy. yeah they were they were I mean they they were there they were there for a couple games but um they were looking I think more so at one of our pitchers who was a junior and he ended up getting drafted by the Pirates but mm-hmm. you know he just I got a text one day from my head coach saying, hey, like this number should should call. You better pick up. And it didn't come that day. And the next day that number called and it was them. So it was pretty crazy. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> That's yeah. Um, going back, I guess, to your I do want to circle back a little bit to your college days. Um, can you elaborate? I always ask this with, with guys, just who's the best? team and who's the best pitcher that you faced when you were in college because you hit everyone so (laughs) yeah you didn't have much trouble hitting anyone so if you can kind of who's the best pitcher and who's who's the best team that you faced while you were in college um yeah we i we actually junior year we went down to florida state so for our school to play florida state was like i mean we were yeah, we were – it was just cool to be there. It was definitely just cool to be there and be in that atmosphere. And, uh, you know, they threw their Friday night guys. So their Friday night guy against us that that Friday was kind of – he was probably the best pitcher. He didn't throw overly hard. Um, he was probably like 89 to 91. But he's a crafty left-hander that just, just knew how to get you out. And it was coming from our conference where you don't really – you just see either guys that throw hard and they don't really know where it's going or – guys that just locate so he he had both 
And it was kind of – it was definitely a challenge to face guys like that. So you guys beat them? No, we, we, we hung in there for a little bit. They beat us 6-2. Ah, uh, no. That's we'll, respectable. We'll yeah, we'll yeah. edit that one out. We'll yes. Just... Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty much a win for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You covered the spread, whatever the spread was, so that's a win. <laughs> that's great. Um, so let's, let's fast forward now to your first year with the Mets. Where were you located? Where was rookie ball uh, down there? And how, how, did all, how did all that go? Was it what you expected? Was it a little different? Take us through all that. Yeah, I mean, we I was in uh, Port St. Lucie, Florida, so where the spring training facility is. And, right. I mean, we were just there. We were only traveling from from there to Jupiter to play the Cardinals and Marlins in their park and uh, West Palm to play the Nationals and uh, Houston. So, yeah, we were pretty much local just right in Florida there. So, mm-hmm. But I really, didn't, I really didn't know what I was getting into when I went down there, I know. Uh, I just I just was excited to be able to be a part of something and you know I was just trying to learn as much as possible and just again take it day by day and just try to do as best as I can have have Pat have you embraced now that you know you're a professional baseball player have you embraced uh the Latin music trend oh absolutely (laughs) okay absolutely I mean you have to you you got no have to you got absolutely no choice the Latin Americans you know out They'll they use the stereo. They'll use the ox cord. Yep. They're on and it. At it all doesn't time. matter how early in the morning it is either. No, and, and yeah, it's we awesome. were. I mean, yeah, honestly, like I, I mean, you, you, I heard about that. My coach, my coach played. Uh, one of our assistants played in the Royals organization, and he was like, "Oh, just wait till you, uh, wait till you get in the locker room, and you have no control over the music and stuff like that, and just everything's just flying." But yeah, I mean, I I can honestly say I probably listen equally as amount of like Spanish music now as I do like just regular rap or country or whatever. It just has like a great beat to it. Oh, and it's, it's just, it releases so many endorphins, you know. It just makes yeah. It happy. Yeah, and I mean the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl halftime show to see uh, Bad Bunny in it, and uh, what was it, Jay Blavin? <laughs> see them two in it. That was like. I was like, oh my god, this is all I listened to this summer. So that was that was pretty cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and if you hadn't been, yeah, if you hadn't been with the Mets, and then this same this same Super Bowl halftime show halftime show comes, I mean, they're fairly big. But would you have even known who they were? I definitely would have known as well right, of who right, they were. Right. Right. Yeah, like, like in I've in heard the, of them in senior year. Like we kind of some two kids had like a bad bunny song as their walkout. And I was like, originally I was like, who is that? Like, <laughs> right. but then it, like you listen to it every, every home game. And it's like, Oh, like that's actually pretty cool. Like, yeah, I'm going to look this guy up. And then that's how it all came. And then once you got to Florida, it was just, that was the only thing I was hearing. So Jeez. <laughs> talk about, uh, pack, talk about what else I guess was kind of a surprise for you when you got to pro ball. Um, you know, like you said, you didn't know what to expect. So talk about something that maybe, you know, jumped out of you where you're just like, oh, this is how it's done here. Um, that, that was different from college or, or something that you just didn't expect it to be the way. Yeah, I mean, I think more so what I didn't expect and is just you kind of obviously in college, you just get into a routine and, you know, from after your first year of freshman year, you know exactly what's going on every single day. 
And I mean, you kind of kind of walked into the into the clubhouse in Pro Bowl, and you're just like, oh, well, we're doing this today. We didn't do that for a week, or things in that nature. So it was just kind of a surprise to be able to do something new every single day and not know what you're getting into. Right, being able to have uh, you know develop a, a different sort of routine. I guess. Yeah. Is it, it is an adjustment period and baseball player. I mean, we're so, you know, mental that like yeah. it doesn't <laughs> affect us sometimes. So that's interesting. You said that. Yeah. You have to, you have to change up the superstitions every once in a while. So always. always. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did your dad play at Mount St. Mary? Did he play baseball? He did. He did. Okay. So yes. I'm assuming you know, any record he may have had is, is now gone. Yeah, I don't think he had many to start with. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, I think he only, he played for three years. He only okay. played for three. He got hurt. He got hurt in high school for during football, but that was, it kind of sealed the deal there in college when he got hurt. Yeah. So. That's good stuff, man. We were, me and, or, me and Orlando were talking and we were saying how, you know, uh, a lot of times, well, when the draft comes or anyone who really gets signed, right, it's a bunch of what, like pitchers, catchers, shortstops, and center fielders, you know, besides yeah. a couple big boppers, right? So yeah. to see that when I looked up, you know, um, MILB.com and saw how they had you listed, right now they still have you at shortstop. So that's a good look, right? <laughs> you know yeah i mean honestly i played i played more second base this this summer than i did short but right that in itself is a little bit of an adjustment but yeah see okay it. so it sounds like they want to keep you open to being able to play mm -hmm. either one which is smart. yeah okay yeah but yeah, but it's it's still pretty cool it. to have, keep the shortstop tag on for as right. long as possible exactly exactly exactly, exactly. You can play like right field in a few years just keep the shortstop tag on mm -hmm. right presses your uh versatility exactly so, exactly i mean i could yep. probably count on okay i'll give myself credit maybe two hands the amount of starts i got in center but if so and most of them are in left but if someone asks me Oh, where did you play in the outfield? I, I always start with center and then I'll get to left. You know what I mean? It just, it just goes in that order. It just has how it has to happen. Yeah, exactly. That's like the same yeah. thing like pitchers when you, you say like, oh, how hard do you throw? And you just say like, oh, 95. I hit 95 once at, One the, time. at, the, at the carnival, at the local carnival. But, but that's what yeah, they're 95. Like it's that. reliable. It's reliable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, um, you yeah. have to do those things. You have to. So, Patrick. Let's talk, um, let's talk competition wise, you know, your first year in pro ball, how was the pitching, especially like we said, coming from, you know, a smaller conference, um, how was, how was that adjustment? Are you're still adjusting, but how, how has it been and how has your training maybe changed from when you were in college and you know what you're going to face there to like, okay, this is, this is a little different here. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the adjustment was pretty difficult, honestly, because, I mean, I've never really had, I would say, an issue with speed. I mean, you see speed, everyone has speed now nowadays, but the the accuracy in rookie ball was kind of kind of just all over the place. So you had yeah. some guys, some guys you're facing that were their top guy that they just they just drafted, and he was he was right right on the corners and throwing ninety five. So, but then you have just a bunch of different guys that are throwing 
over 95, but one could end up at my head and the next right. one's at on the outside corner. And you can't, you can't judge, you can't prepare for that. Yeah. So yeah, I've heard, I, yeah, I've always heard that as well. Like the higher up you get, you're getting used to it. And also like the pitching is just better in general. So you, yeah. you don't have to worry about getting hit in the face and then they somehow paint the next pitch. You're like, come on, man. Like <laughs> yeah. I'm still wiping dirt off my Jersey. Exactly. And it's just, that it, it actually happens. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a great point. Like when you, the, the biggest difference obviously is the, the misses by pitchers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I, there were so many times when a guy would like throw it over the catcher's head and then the next pitch, you just paint him, paint the corner for strike three. Yeah. 95. And it's and it's like, like, how how are you supposed to, how are you supposed to be ready for that? Right. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. So that, would you say that was probably the biggest – that's definitely the biggest adjustment, right? Because I, I assume, you know, you, you've taken ground balls. Like, that, that's all repetition. Was that the biggest mm. adjustment was the fact that uh, some guy, you know, coming in at, at six foot, 150 pounds, comes in throwing 97, sprays one to the backstop, then paints the corner? Is that Was that the toughest adjustment, you'd say? Yeah, I would think so. Um you know, it's just, it's just taught you to stay in there. I mean, just stay in there for everything. Right. So it's, you can't, you can't be bailing when something comes inside and the next pitch is right down the middle because you just missed it because now you're in your head. So yeah. I think the biggest adjustment was just saying like, if I get hit, I get hit, but I just got to be able to be ready for my pitch and be able to get on base and do what I can to help the team win. Now, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not too familiar with what your college coaches' philosophies are, but I would say about 99% of college coaches tell you never get out of the way uh, of getting hit by a pitch. So how is it, is it nice now being able to get out of the way of pitches uh, that are coming at you and not like being required to just wear it? Yeah, well, honestly, the the college baseball changed uh pretty drastically my junior year they made a rule that you can't you can't just wear a pitch anymore i remember so if you so if you just stand there and take a fastball off off the shoulder it's you're going to be required to stay in the box and it just counts as a ball right you have to make an attempt attempt to get out the way so it's really they really messed with the game a little bit there because i mean i i don't know how you're supposed to move out of the way of a 90 some mile an hour pitch right to your back like you can't do that yeah so that seems weird Uh, yeah that's weird man okay so patrick we got about a couple more minutes here i wanted to get into you know i thought it was really cool what you said about or what orlando led into with the latin music you know from you're from pa went to school in maryland you know i i imagine you had some good crab cakes over in maryland while you were there now you're in (laughs) now you're in florida what was there any foods that you got introduced to that maybe you hadn't eaten before or anything like that honestly honestly not really i mean they we really we the food food thing was they they honestly brought us brought the food right to the hotel so right i mean i didn't have a car down yeah. there so i couldn't really go anywhere i mean walking distance there was an italian restaurant and like like a tropical smoothie wasn't too far so i I ate a tropical smoothie a decent amount. So, yeah, I mean, when I, that, 
Yeah. When I asked that question, I wasn't expecting tropical smoothie, Patrick. I was expecting <laughs> some type of Cuban food or something, but I'll take tropical smoothie. I'll take that. No, yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we really didn't. We, Go ahead. Oh, we really weren't introduced to many different things. I mean, we ate pasta like every other day, uh, right. chicken, some sort of meat and rice and stuff like that. So. Right. Well, you know what? You got to do what you got to do. I'm still assuming it was a step up from uh, I, I don't know what you ate in college, but, you know, our team dinner, um, if we were lucky, you know, if we almost if we did well, I don't want to say if it was based on that, but we'd get Olive Garden. If uh, we weren't so lucky, we didn't do so well. We're at Golden Corral. And <laughs> yeah, we, got fed. After we tried to fold. We always Wait, tried to find like trips? a Chipotle yeah. on, on road trips. Oh, I wish to... I would get a Chipotle. I never got no Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So I thought you guys were talking about like after the game, the team, you know, you guys got. Like... No, not at home. Not at home. Okay. I was going to say. No, 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 no. Yeah. On the road, you just pray that a Golden Corral is not around, you know. Yeah. Um, but you the... can be smart at Golden Corral. You can be smart. You know, I'm, like I'm going to eat some shrimp. I'm going to eat some fried chicken. Always... I'm getting out of here. I don't know what years Red Robin was. Uh, a Red Robin, okay, because it's got yeah, everything. You know, it's okay. Got, the coaches aren't there. You could maybe sneak a beer. Um, All right, yeah, <laughs> that's true. They have great milkshakes. So if you're not feeling the beer, you want to go to milkshake. I mean, it's just a very versatile. See, but Red Robin is like a full-on restaurant. We try to always find, you know, they do that. They the restaurants that do really well in groups, like Olive Garden. Great value with the salad and breadsticks, mm. Golden Corral, buffet. You know, we didn't get Red Robin. That's a burger each. That's a burger each. Yeah. You know? yes. It's not not a whole lot of value. Yeah, not a whole <laughs> not lot of value. Lot of value. <laughs> like, I don't even know if I'll take my future family to Red Robin. Like, we're just going, like, groups. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, honestly, my freshman year, we our coach, our coach uh, would take us to Bojangles all the time. And half of us were just like, this is the last thing we want for uh, – <laughs> five-hour bus trip <laughs> right oh my god i couldn't imagine how poorly that bus is bojangles is that it was the one, awful is that the one with fried chicken i always saw it but i never been yeah it's it was just it was just like a typical like fast food like almost like right. a kfc probably a little better than kfc honestly yeah but well we're supposed to be top tier athletes and you're feeding me golden corral and bojangles oh, I <laughs> and got, then you wonder why we're not winning <laughs> like, my, my yeah. last question actually for pat is going to be uh you know where you played summer ball but when i played summer ball in north carolina uh coastal plains league we got bojangles like four times a week it was so, <laughs> i was so pissed every time yeah. i actually played i played in florence in the okay. coastal plains and they 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 did pretty well with catering food. I mean, we they gave us food after every game, and I mean, either someone made it or they like. I think we, I think we catered Panera a couple times, and that was, I mean, that was that was great. I yeah. mean, no one was complaining with Panera. So, did uh, are you guys? Do you guys still play at Francis Marion College? Yep. Okay. Great. Yeah, was, great facility. Great facility. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it was it was probably better than half the teams we played in in college their facilities okay. so that was it was pretty unbelievable well now i want bojangles and i don't think they have it out here in california so <laughs> oh. i don't think i can postmates or grubhub bojangles but next time i get back east i'm definitely trying some <laughs> Listen, like i always see commercials because zaxby's was the other place that they always gave us yeah commercials for zaxby's like it's like 
well, there's no Zaxby's west of the Mississippi. So why, no. why, why am I seeing? Dude, there's no, there's none of that up in Pennsylvania either. I think you have to go to the Carolinas for that, or at least Southern Virginia. Right. Uh, that just so, sounds yeah, like, like bad, like marketing spend. Like you're spending yeah. your money on commercials airing places <laughs> where you are not located. Right? Like, the Carolinas, yeah. I, right. <laughs> another big, another big one in the Carolinas that we used to go to a decent amount was uh, cookout. Oh, I've heard. Huh. I heard cookouts really. Cookouts, you get so much food for like five bucks. Hmm. And it was it was actually really good. I don't know how good it was for you, but it was pretty good. Yeah, you're young. We'll worry about that later. We'll worry about that <laughs> yeah, later. Yeah, no. I'm just, Alan, Alan's the oldest out of all of us. He's still, yeah. I just turned thirty, so that. you know, I gotta, I gotta. <laughs> if I have Bojangles, I'll probably have it once a year or something like that. I can't have it too often. But <laughs> I think you gotta, gotta plan them out decades still of eating semi-unhealthy yes yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) oh man this has been great this has been great just leave it to us to turn uh, a great a great story of uh undrafted free agent into uh into the best food options for baseball (laughs) in the carolinas Carolinas. (laughs) yeah you can't go wrong with some of those places though i mean sometimes you just have to eat at them exactly exactly and you're so damn hungry after a game dude half the time like I, I, i'll complain about it but i'll enjoy eating it so yeah absolutely right, right. <laughs> you know it's the greatest time of our lives you know it really is <laughs> well look patrick i think we're gonna let you go man this has been a really really good interview thank you so much for taking the time to join us um you know good luck in the future with the mets and hopefully once all this stuff kind of calms down and everyone is back you know to a safe safe situation you can get back out there and you know avoid the 98 mile per hour balls at your head and (laughs) hit the ones that are down the pipe you know what i mean yeah thank you guys thank you so much for having me on this yeah of course man yeah anytime you want to come back on just let us know we uh we're happy to have you we really appreciate it yeah, let's do this again sometime. This was this was great. Sounds good, man. Yeah, good luck to you. And uh, yeah, we'll be talking to you soon. We'll be following you. We'll give you, we'll give some updates uh, on the podcast once you get back going. So uh, kill him out there, man. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Good luck, Pat. Appreciate it. Thank you. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, next time I am texting with Uncle Charlie, I will have to tell him that he hooked it up because Patrick, thank you. That was a Phenomenal interview, and we wish you the best. Thank you for taking the time, man. Um, Orlando, what did you think? I thought it was phenomenal. Um, I, I really like I, I like our guests, and and I like all of our guests, but it, he just seems so down to earth. So yeah, rocky. so chill, uh, so chill. Like nothing ever affects him. Right. It's great. That's exactly what you want in a in a not just a baseball player and a human being. So uh, right. You know, we're looking forward to having him back on. Yeah, yeah. Well, look as we tell. Everyone, every week, you know, uh, look out for this next episode we will have coming. Not sure if we'll have a guest yet. You'll just have to tune in and and check it out. Um, Social media, I am at the underscore Styles Files, Styles with an I. And I am at Orazo, just Orazo. Simple as that. If you'd like to advertise with us, um, please reach out to believe at believe.com that is b-l-e-a-v 
www.thecoachmentor.com. Until next time, take care of yourself, everyone. And thanks for tuning into the Believe in College Baseball podcast. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. We love you. Are you looking for any possible online gambling options while quarantined? Well, look no further to our friends at betonline.ag. No major pro sports teams to bet on? No problem. BetOnline.ag has esports. They even got American Idol, Big Brother, and even if you want to get political with it in this piece, you got some elections coming up. So use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's BetOnline.ag using the promo code MYPOD100. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.